On today's show, the road to hell is paved with overly simplistic labels, wrote author Grant Hillary Brenner. There are three different labels we either stick on ourselves or the people we love most mm. that need to be eliminated and thrown away today immediately. We're going to reveal the labels and how you get rid of them today on Smalley Marriage Radio. I am Michael Smalley, along with... Amy Smalley. And we are simultaneously Facebook living. So hello to those people. Hello. Okay, so Amy. Yes. You know, we do this distraction of the day. Yes. It's just a teaser. I'm trying to get you people to watch and listen on the podcast till the very end of the show. And today is a doozy. So here, I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. Ready? Amy. Yes. You're walking by a house in our neighborhood. Okay. And you hear the distinct screams from a toddler. Okay. Who is screaming out of control. Yeah. Like, like that terrifying yeah. scream. Not like yeah. the, I'm mad. And, yeah. But yeah. like my I'm life scared. is in danger. Yes. I'm scared. And then you hear the voice of a man. <gasps> a male voice mm. yells out, why don't you die? <gasps> what to do a you toddler? Do? What do you do? I'm just giving you the scenario. Oh. You hear the toddler screaming. Oh. You hear the male voice say, why don't you die? What do you do? Uh, I would probably call the police. Yes. Honestly. And that happened in Perth, Australia, but you won't believe. But it could be on. something like a cat or, I, I, don't I mean, know. it could be something else. I mean, you can overreact. Like, my first reaction was, should you go to the toddler? Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I, I think you should definitely call the police. And I think the person in this story did the right thing, but, but it's it, gonna oh, you're okay. gonna laugh. Okay, you're actually gonna well, I hopefully laugh. You might cry then laugh. Okay, you could do a little both. So that we will reveal at the end of the show today, and then for the honoring news nice. of the day, and this is actually apropos. Apropos for my day on December something on <laughs> Saturday the 29th. I think it was Saturday the 29th. Mm -hmm. So we like doing the honoring news because everybody, the world, like I left my mother's room this morning. Yes. In a bad mood <laughs> because I looked at her and I went, okay, we, I've been sitting here with you for 20 minutes. All I have heard, yeah. death, car wrecks, vandalism, mm -hmm. murders. Bad weather. I mean, everything was negative. I'm like, yes. mom, I can't do it. So mom, if you're watching. You need to start watching sports more. I'll sit with you longer. So here's the honoring news of the day. This amazing couple. So a couple returns a diaper bag mm. with what in it? Not just diapers. Not diapers? Filled with a family's life savings. <gasps> oh, yes, wow. Yes, this comes from sunnyskies.com. Two good Samaritans found a diaper bag filled with cash and returned it to its rightful owner. It had over $5,000. How they know it was the rightful owner? Ah, a Vietnamese man who is attending college in Southern California asked not to be, he didn't want to be named. Okay. So he thought he had lost his life savings mm. when he, his wife, and daughter visited a Christmas display in Long Beach, you know Long Beach, Oh yeah. and left without their bag after stopping for a photo. Okay, so no, I don't want to mm, turn this into a judgmental. Okay, thing. sorry. Yeah. Oh no, because I've so done. But it I am myself. like, I've done it myself. Though. Well, with your life savings. No, not with my life savings. But I have done it with like Christmas presents. <gasps> one time, one time, I was shopping for our children in New York, and 
it was in the New York Library. Yeah. See, you don't even remember this, no. but I do. New York Library and and I, Juju and I, my sister and I, we were taking a picture by the big tree in the library. It's beautiful, blah, 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 blah. We're sitting down for dinner. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where where's my one of my bags? Really? Went back to the library and one of the security guards had it. Really? I know there are good people in the world, even in New York. <laughs> well, yeah, and even in Long Beach. So That's right. what's cool yeah. is the backpack contained his family's passports oh. and five thousand oh. bucks in cash. Oh. So later that night, Gabrielle Ruiz and Gabrielle, ooh, I'm not going to go for that last name, took a picture <laughs> at the same spot and found the bag. The pair waited a while, you know, thought yeah. maybe someone will come get it. And then they finally looked inside and saw all this cash. Honestly, my first thought would have been. Drug dealer, run. <laughs> Just run and let's like scrape our fingers of fingerprints or, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, that would have been my first thought, but they were much nicer. So they waited, no one came, and then they opened it up and, and his wallet was in there, their oh, passports wow. were in there. So they went right to his house there, and gave aw, it to him. that's so nice. I that know. is good. Good people in the world. Way to go, people. Yes. Now, not everyone is that good. So now I have to take a dark turn. <laughs> Because on Saturday, we're at the Residence Inn in Colorado Springs, and I at this was like a comedy of errors, by the way. Yeah. So can I throw our whole family under the bus? You can. Because let's think about what happened. it was bad. You're right. It was a it huge was snow. Yeah, big snow. I very lovingly, I'm really the victim in this story. Because I you always went, are. I know. <laughs> I went and got the van, pulled it up, and I told David, I think, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. Reagan, both da of them. David. I'm like, hey, can y'all just get the luggage out mm -hmm. all loaded? Yeah. And so they bring all the luggage out, and yeah. I've got it, and this is where I'm the idiot. So I'm like, hey, you guys get in the van. Keep warm. I was fine. So I'm loading it, mm -hmm. like, in great detail right. to make everything you, fit. You loaded, I every, loaded single every, piece sing of, yeah. every single piece of every luggage. Every single thing. Mm -hmm. Did not notice that my very expensive Briggs & Riley carry-on wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. Where was it? It was sitting next to the water cooler where somebody was having breakfast. I don't know who that was. Right. So you <laughs> didn't see it. I didn't see it. The kids didn't see it. And well, you know, I'm starting I, to think, could someone have stolen it before David even, before they even tried to bring it? Well, this is the- Because how would you not have seen it? Well, this is the thing. I did see it. Reagan saw, Reagan was the Wait, one that was loading on the Are you about stuff. to confess like no, that you moved it no, somewhere I did and forgot not, it? No, no, no. I didn't move it. I said, hey, you're going to come back for that. And she goes, yeah. She goes, I can't get that one. And so then it was left right there. <sighs> I thought she came back and got it. And she didn't. Oh, it's Reagan's fault. Yeah, Reagan, Reagan does. Yeah, Reagan does feel really bad about it. Yeah, I didn't hear about that part. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, yeah. uh, the joys. We of couldn't hey, really, but really go into did in I depth. did I attack anybody? No, you didn't. You I were, didn't. Um, except me. What? <laughs> except me. You're like, I was like, hey, well, you can go back, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Well, I'm not gonna I... drive back to. Bebe. I was like, well, I was you overwhelmed. Do have, you do have. Four hours before your flight. I know. And this is your precious brain <laughs> on time management right there. It's an hour and a half drive just to try to get there. And so that's said, it's about a four hour round trip. And so I would have Greg missed my flight. Maybe Greg could have met, met you halfway or something. That well, way. actually, I called and it was already gone. Yeah, I know. But that, yeah. Oh, I was definitely cranky because <laughs> we were travel day. It's a travel day. Yeah, Michael gets extra grace on travel days. Oh, my heavens. It's hard for me. So here we go. Yes. Don't forget, go to smalleyinstitute.com. We have Transform Your Marriage in 31 Days. It is a digital experience. 
It's awesome. You get enrichment once a week, a devotional once a week, and then date night ideas once a week. I mean, seriously, cool. people, it's thirty-one bucks. And I fixed, I fixed the homepage, by the way. Woohoo! Yeah, so it's now all it 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 matches. And then if you like us, and you care about our success, in yeah, life, you care about us. Leave a review. Subscribe Please. to the podcast, people. It helps us get found. So, um, and we do read the reviews, and we appreciate yeah. everything you're doing. And if you want to call, because we do our Friday questions. I know Friday today's listener. Wednesday, I know. so you got to call. Like you should call. I don't know now. Yeah, or, they can. I don't know. Right nine, after the show. Yeah, nine zero three three nine two zero nine seven five. That is our hotline <gasps> for questions. <gasps> our question hotline. I always say that hotline. reverse. Okay, so I found this article by Grant Hillary. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but Grant Hillary Brenner. Grant is a dude. Yeah, Grant. Unfortunately, his parents gave him the middle name of Hillary Clinton. Maybe they're big Hillary supporters. I don't know. He seems old enough not to. I don't think. I don't know. But if it were me, I would have gone with Grant H. Brenner. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. No. I love everybody, so calm down. Right. It's just funny. Grant Hillary Brenner. Like, everything is so masculine except that middle name. Grant, yeah. Grant and Brenner. Yeah. Just like, be Grant Brenner. Maybe maybe he had a cousin or Brenner something. Brenner could be a spy. Maybe that's why he has Hillary to throw <laughs> us off the scent. Uh, I don't think Figuring so. it out. All right. So he had this Talk really- Talk about labels. He had, he's with Psychology Today. He yeah. had a really good article on, I think he had six labels. I just felt like that was too many. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Well, I think we all can identify with labels, being labeled. Yeah, something. we label ourselves. Yes, we label ourselves. And we label we label others. Yes, absolutely. And so today is about three super destructive labels that we either give ourselves or we mm-hmm. give the people that we love that we gotta eliminate. Like you gotta start dealing with this stuff. Right. And a common theme of labels really is not dealing with stuff. That's sort of the theme. Huh. As, as you go okay. through. So we're going to give you the three. We're going to go, here's what's wrong with it. And then here's what you can do to eliminate it. Got it. All right. First label is bored. Bored. Like, I'm bored. This is boring. You're boring. I'm boring. We're boring. Our family is boring. Boring as a label. The problem is that we're, many of us are overstimulated. Mm-hmm. We're overinvolved. We're doing way too many things. Information is coming at us at lightning speed and and so we're overstimulated. And though, this is interesting, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Possibly, when we use the label of boredom, we might be unaware of some very significant underlying emotions, maybe even deep anxiety. And so I'm bored, in essence, hmm. because there's something big that I got to deal with. I don't want to deal with it. And so I'd rather feel or label boredom than deal with serious underlying emotions. How do you think about that? Huh. I think, okay, first of all, I very rarely get bored. Because sometimes if I choose to be, if I choose to be like at rest, I'll just put myself at rest on Monday. What bench watched you a did. whole series of stuff. I was did blown nothing. Away. Your mom continued to call me all day. Are you alive? Oh. Are you alive? Oh, granted, she is like literally in the same house. Like 
Uh, yeah. Like the opposite part of the L. So I'm, yeah, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not bored. I am loving it. I'm well, doing nothing and nothing is good. And then I, the next day, then I was totally productive and got rid of all the Christmas decorations. You did. P.S. By the way, shout out to all those people that cleaned up all their Christmas decorations yesterday. I know. And you, you were one of those people. And if I can give an affirmation, you, I had been in Phoenix. Yeah. At very late night. Yes. You know, doing a New and Year's you don't Eve thing. Sleep well. I and, don't, and yeah. I had to catch and a travel. Yep, a five a.m. flight, and so you were like, "You're not expected to do a yes. thing today." That was huge. That was a big deal. That was very kind. Yeah. You're good. Thanks. If yeah. now just do that every day. <laughs> yeah, no. Can't every do day. It every day. Just be sweet. Come mm. up to me, hug, yeah, and go, honey. See. Don't feel the need to do a thing. <laughs> Just every day, you'd be like wife of the uh, the yeah, millennia. No, wouldn't be very productive right. though. So you can be bored. Well, but no, I had my hand up. Rest. You did not address me. Oh, sorry, but you because talked. you know why I think you're never bored. Why? I don't think you ever suppress anything. Oh no, no, that is not a that was not a veiled criticism. <laughs> I, that really wasn't. That's a good healthy thing. Like I don't think you tend to. Well, you you've said before that you want to live in denial about certain things and right. whatever. That but that's different. I think boredom is that part people can struggle with that because they don't want to deal with stuff or they're they're um they're suppressing. And you huh. tend to want to go, here's what I'm feeling or here's what I'm thinking or here's what I need to do and you get her done. Like you were overwhelmed yesterday mm -hmm. and I really did not think you were gonna and I didn't care. I think you right, know no, you didn't. I care. didn't. I wasn't like I can't believe I've come no, home no, no. and these Christmas decorations. <laughs> so I thought you were not going to do that and do something different. And instead, because you aren't ever bored, you did that. Yeah. So don't and and I think you bring up a really good point by the way on don't confuse boredom with self care. So yeah. you had just spent a week in Colorado Springs. We had fun. We also had stress. And and it's travel. I lost my really expensive Briggs and Riley. <laughs> if they're watching, no. maybe you would lovingly send me one because I'm a victim. And the so, reason why we bought that one is because it has like lifetime this warranty. lifetime warranty, and we had just gotten the wheel fixed on it because it, it kind of I know. I know no, it was but sad. don't confuse boredom or don't try to mix it in now with self care because Monday you needed a Monday. You sometimes you it. need. Sometimes you need to do that, and and you either are going to do it and feel guilty about it and say, oh, I'm so bored. But Or you can say, you know, what is it that I can do today? Did you feel and guilty? What, a little bit. About Monday? Yeah, when I got up Tuesday and it was you were home from the airport and I hadn't gotten out of my PJs from In the day before. 34 hours? That kind of kicked me into gear Wait, a little bit. did you just bit. say I hadn't gotten out of my PJs from the day before? Maybe. That's hilarious. I didn't know that. I looked kind of good. Yeah, I'm not and so lie. I did kind of feel like you know every now and then, yeah. But I I need to do that. Yeah, so no, it was I, good. I did, and I'm glad you did. Yeah. Did I... Anyway, no, so you did good. If you want to get rid of the label of boredom or boring, start pursuing activities that cause curiosity. Mm -hmm. So things that you find interested interest in, or things you're passionate about, mm -hmm. but. I, you know, one of the thoughts I had, if you want to get rid of this label of boredom, 
is you could even look into serving others in times of boredom. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can remember me being bored and feeling kind of um, purposeless or just kind of meandering and went out and gave blood. I know that that sounds weird, but I was like, God, I want to be used. I want to be used somehow. And so, God, if you can use me by using my blood, get up, get dressed, went to the, you know, blood bank and gave, gave blood. I can remember posting something on my mirror and saying, how can I be a blessing to someone today? If you don't want to be bored, then you start looking around for what is God doing? How do I, what, how can I be a blessing? Even if it's for me, how can you be bored if you're speaking into and thinking about your children and thinking about how to bless them? And that's something that I think would stop you from being bored too, because you're, you're looking, you're actively looking for something else. When you're actively looking for something else, God's going to bring something to you. He does. So it's that word, you know, and my mother keeps harassing me about getting, what's your word for the year? Oh, yeah. I told her this morning, I am now just going to flat out, out of rebellion, refuse to pick a word. Okay. You can do that. But as you know, ultimately, <clears throat> I have a big game. Like, I talk a big game of rebellion, and, and I'm, you, I'm so compliant. Well, I have a word. It just hit word? me. What's your word? After telling her this morning, no. I refuse to come up with a word. And it's Relentless. a word I've been saying a lot. Well, that Pursuit. is a good word. No. <laughs> intentional. Oh, that intentional. Is my, okay. And I've been saying it a lot, even in the fall. But I think God is telling me for 2019, I need to be more intentional. That's, intentional is the word. All right. I have my word, it. mom. Now back off. <laughs> Did I get too heavy handed? No, no, all right. no. All Second right. label of three. Mm-hmm. Hypocrite. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So sometimes we label ourselves a hypocrite, but I think more often other people we're labeling that. other people. Oh a yeah. I think especially in the Christian community. Yeah. I, I think that. Well, I'd say especially in the marriage community. Marriage. Husbands and wives. Oh 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. So yes yes. In essence, the hypocrite label. If you're putting this label on yourself or others, it could mean you're refusing to deal with difficult or seemingly impossible to reconcile conflict. Mm. It's it's used when you believe in your heart of hearts, right? Like the right. very essence on whatever you're fighting over. This label of hypocrite can come when you think there is only one possible point of view, and it's mine. So we can't think differently on this subject and ever be satisfied as a couple. Absolutely. And I would say... So you're a hypocrite. Because you basically, you're a hypocrite because you don't agree with me. That's what we're doing. I think, yeah, because you don't think like me. I think the thing that we've done in our marriage a lot of times, because really hypocrite, if you're putting any label on someone, really what you're doing is you're judging them, right? You're judging them and you're saying, this is who you are. This is not your actions. This is who you are. And there's a very distinct thing in scripture about our actions versus who we're labeled to be. And yeah. the idea of someone judging us for how we've handled that kind of stuff is we've gone, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Because we know that judgment boomerangs back on you. And if judgment boomerangs back on you, and if I call you a hypocrite, you're probably going to call me a hypocrite, and you're probably going to have some some facts well, and to apost- back that up. The Apostle Paul goes, careful. Yeah. Because if you're calling out someone for their sin or their crud, then you're probably guilty of the same thing. 
It right? may be a little that's bit what, different. Maybe it, maybe well, it might look a little different. Us. Yeah, it might look a little different, but it's probably somewhat similar if we're not speaking that truth in love. And if I'm calling someone a hypocrite, I'm judging them, and so I'm probably not speaking the truth in love. If I'm using a label to attach something to a um, – to basically something that I want to confront or something that I want to talk about. And I say, I think you're kind of a liar. Ooh, wow. That's very different than, wow, I feel deceived. Yeah. And again, those kinds of things are going to make um, make your message not be able to be heard. And and it's also going to boomerang back on you. And that those whatever label yeah. you're saying, you're probably going to get a boomerang back on it you. It shuts down. It just shuts down the entire process of being healthy and, frankly, even being kind. That's why I led with one of his quotes, uh, Brenner's quotes, the road to hell is paved with overly simplistic labels. Not like hell as in morality and Jesus and no, God and but Satan, but the hell of a miserable relationship is paved with just these ignorant, simplistic labels that we don't need to do. No, and we don't. Because they're damaging. So Brenner writes on uh, for hypocrite, like if you want to get rid of it, Mm -hmm. When this word springs to mind, adopt an attitude of patient examination. Look at multiple sides of the issues and remember that there is context. Moral values and ethical decisions change a lot from situation to situation. Identify the different sides of the apparent hypocrisy and consider in what context those different perspectives would apply. A lot of the time, simply doing this is enough to put the conflict on the path to resolution. So I want to I want us to focus here on the there's multiple sides and you know the morality changes. I think people are just generally not comfortable with gray. We want it to be black and white. We want to know exactly what and it's like, whoa. Every every situation is different. It's kind of like where I've complained before of of a certain denomination where if a pastor ends up divorced, they're not allowed to be a pastor anymore. My issue with that rule has always been, well, hold on a minute. Well, we don't know. What if the wife what if it was a context? is a wackadoo yeah. <laughs> and, no, is psychotic and yeah. leaves him mm -hmm. and abandons her children and doesn't right. leave a phone number? He never filed for divorce. Right. She did. She exactly. did all. And, like, literally, he's a genuinely a victim. Now he can't be a pastor. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, that's my point with some of those hard and fast things is, hey, I mean, obviously, we want standards mm -hmm. for sure. But we need the ability, and with the, especially with this hypocrite label, all I'm asking is think it through, look at the facts, look at the situation, consider all sides, mm -hmm. and know that sometimes we're going to disagree, and that's okay. Absolutely. And it also made me think about that the way that we do it. If I am judging you and that's going to boomerang back on me, maybe I want to do some self-examination, and I'm going to want to do what I wish you would do, which is give me grace, because we all are, are hypocrites in one, one time or another, because we want to do the right thing, but yet there's a part of us that we're sinful and we're fallen, and so our fallenness comes out. And so is that hypocritical? Absolutely. So A, number one, you can say, you're going to put that label, you can put it on anybody. Yeah. Because we're all, because we all want to be like Jesus, but we're not, you know, all the time. And yeah. so what does that look like? And so then being able to, that self-examination can make you go, okay, God, I wanted to say this because this is huge. I'm learning, you know, um, I'm studying again the Old Testament and studying about, you know, in the garden, 
And it, I love this. This is um, in Genesis 3, 1. It, it, God, when even before when Adam and Eve had sinned and they're like, and they're hiding and they're like, they're naked. And he, and he asks him, he says, who told you that? Who told you that? And, and Satan wants to twist whatever God's truth is. And so the, who told you that? Those labels of who told you you're a hypocrite? Yeah, God, where'd that come from? God's, God gets to know my heart. And the more I am in touch with and more intimate with him, then his heart is going to be going to be convicting and I'm going to be able to say yes or no to, wait a minute, is that label something that I truly do need to examine? Is that something that I need? Am I avoiding? Am I dealing with something with anxiety and instead of dealing with anxiety, I'm just going to sleep or whatever? Yeah. And being able to address those labels with God, that's the point that we need to look at if that's our touch point of where God wants to meet us is who told you that? And, and then wait a minute, if you want to truly undo some of those labels, you're going to have to be more intimate with me because I'm going to tell you the truth. God's going to tell you the truth of what truly is yours. What is a label? What is a, and again, his labels are always good labels. You're loved, you know, and, and those are the things that he wants to put on you, not the hypocritical part. Yeah. The third label. Oh, this is a big one. Yeah. We've kind of saved the worst for last and that's selfish. Ooh, yeah. So sometimes we label either, and, and I've even, because that's kind of one of the things that I can struggle with because of my personality and a lot of ADD people, we have so many thoughts and ideas going on that we can't, we can get overly involved in what I'm doing or what I'm thinking about. And so the label of selfish is destructive because many times we slap that label on someone when they're sharing a legitimate need and we don't like it. Um, we don't like the need. We don't have to deal with the need. So now it's not a legitimate need. It's, no, you're selfish. So now, now I can sort of psychologically get out of this thing, and I don't necessarily have to feel bad, but it's going to blow up in your face eventually. Brenner writes, perhaps parents told us we were selfish when our needs were generally the normal needs that children have because dealing with the child's needs was inconvenient or otherwise difficult for under-resourced parents. And this is what I want to highlight. Instead of taking the time to reflect on difficult issues or differences, we just slap the label of selfish on the matter and self-righteously walk away. Whoa. Because Yikes. that's really what it is. Feels like that's kind of a self-righteous label to slap on somebody because in essence, I'm going, I know what's good. I know what's truth. I know what you're thinking. I know you sharing this need is actually you're trying to manipulate me or you're trying to use me in some way. And, and so I can feel like I'm higher than thou or better than thou by going, wow, you're so selfish. I can't believe you. I think. What the, do you say? I think the extremes at the extremes, I'm just going to go ahead and put some labels on us and on men and women. I think men can tend to be labeled as selfish and women can be labeled as cray cray crazy or needy needy cray, but crazy is kind of the same thing why right? am i even offering a label for women I, yeah exactly that's the real question i'm just <laughs> i'm just saying that at core if we want to really have our marriage and have our relationships really self-destruct Let's go ahead and start doing this. The idea of me calling my husband selfish 
or you calling me crazy. Those are some of, we're balancing each other out, but we're way out here. Wait, what do you mean we're balancing each other we out? Are, we are, let's say, we're if, not. If you're calling me selfish and I'm calling you crazy. crazy. We're not We're balanced. way, we're, but we're at extremes. Oh, we, our personalities yeah. are at extremes. You want me to be crazy? Go ahead and call me crazy. Right. I want you to be selfish? Go ahead and just yeah. call I'll you selfish. shut down and And then you'll, you know, and you're, and, and you're going to blame me. You're going to shame me. And then you may react in some really selfish ways and I may react in some really, really crazy ways. And those are the, the things that we don't want. We want to be able to balance each other out here when we come together well, we and want, we're one. We want to be more loving, and more the, kind. And we the more to... loving and kind that we can be, then the more those things that, wait a minute, that reaction was maybe over the top. Michael telling me, oh my gosh, that it was so exaggerated. What's wrong with you? What da 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 That's going to push me more that way. And the opposite may be true for you. If I'm well, able to say, I cannot believe that you would do that. That's so selfish. And I actually say the word selfish or do those kinds of things. Then what, what, what can tend to happen is you're going to tend to react more selfishly. And then we're going to go grow further and further apart or the argument's going to get way bigger. Yeah. And here's, what's great about eliminating this, this uh, label of selfish. It's one of your favorite things. Just validate the needs of others no matter what. Remember, mm -hmm. validating someone going, hey, I hear that you need whatever it is, right? So right. I need us to spend more time together. Just because you're validating someone doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Because if you're in a healthy relationship, the two of you got to figure out what's a win. You know, what's a win for both of us? And so, but I think people struggle with validating because they get nervous that they're coming or that the other person's going to think oh no they're going to think that I'm agreeing with you. Right. And I don't have to agree with you in order to validate you. But when you validate someone's needs then that helps them. Okay. So I guess here's what I'm trying to encourage you. They may be completely unreasonable. They may be totally out of balance. They could be completely selfish or completely crazy. But Confronting that through either anger, irritation, avoidance, escalation is only going to make it worse mm -hmm. and probably does make it come to life. If you validate someone who isn't being healthy or is being neurotic, out of balance, then many times that validation actually sets them up to go, okay, wait, <laughs> I might not be fair with what I'm demanding or what I'm whatever, what I'm demanding. Mm -hmm. And I need to kind of back it up a little bit. That's for most people that tends to be the natural outcome of when I feel validated, right? We go, Oh, okay. Now I can relax. Well, once I relax, I can go, hold on a second. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm being very fair or many, like when you, when we have validated each other over the years, frequently, like if you validated me, I'm going, mm -hmm. you know what? I got to, you know what, I think I was way out of control on that. Or I validate you and you're I, like, hey, you know, absolutely. that wasn't fair. I think that when Michael and I um, get off of, get off track and when we start to have conversations and the conversations are not, and they start to become difficult and we don't do what we, what we know to do, which is, and again, I feel like we should go back and redo or do again or do some more podcasts on our love talk because, you know, Michael and I, we, you know, when we get off of 
resolving conflict that way. And that is the validation piece. That is the owning piece. And that is the way reaching win-wins and saying, okay, what you need is, is, is absolutely okay. But talk about what you're feeling and not a label, because really a label, if you print, if you put a label on someone, then you're going to have to establish a fact. And those facts are going to be, you are crazy. And let me tell you why. Right. You are selfish. And let me tell you why. Right. Instead of saying, you know what, let's just say, you know, I for the guy that I remember us talking about that he needs more affection. Well, why do you need more affection? Well, you know what? I'm oh my gosh, you're just selfish. No, that's not necessarily true. What? I think it was from Ruth. A person can't truly validate the pain they cause someone until they truly understand the pain that they caused. So I, I, that is very, but you have to be willing to step outside of, um, your own pain to validate someone else's as well. And that's, what's really the kicker. And it's really hard when you both are at a place of a lot, a lot of pain. It's like both of your hands are stuck in the door and they both gotten slammed. Okay. So both whose hands are you thinking of? You're not thinking of the other person. You're thinking of yours because you're in this throbbing pain and that throbbing pain prevents you from validating that's why you got to go back you got to rest you got to be patient you got to be able to pray and you got to be able to say okay I need to get this pain under control because the pain that I have I got to first take it to God first get that time out start calming down start being able to you know just stop the madness you know we always talk about that stop the madness and then be able to say okay now what do I feel and then be able to go back into the conversation in a healthy and productive way but I'm not ready if I'm still throbbing in my own pain. Right. So here, I think the point of today was, hey, let's expose labels that you might be slapping on yourself or slapping on others. You need to get rid of them. I hope there are some practical put ways. Put the good ones on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to replace them. And, and that's why I was going to say it sort of comes down to being kind again. Like it's just not kind to label people. In these negative ways, like it's good to go, man, you are sweet and precious and awesome. And, you know, so good labels are good, Mm -hmm. but it's these negative ones that we need to address. We need to be intentional. Word of the year. I should come up with like some graphic. And so, all right. You remember at the beginning of the show, because we're running at 34 minutes. Woo! I cannot believe we've gone so bad. Wait, Crystal, labels are such a limited way to see someone too. People are complex. Wow, Crystal, great. That's yes. great feedback. Because that is, I mean, labels, it, it, yeah. And that's why I love that, you know, that overly simplistic labels. Because mm-hmm. they really are. It kind of, maybe it gives us some sort of a sick, dysfunctional comfort to be able to go, eh, you're not complex, you're just selfish. You're not complex, you're just, you know, whatever. Can I, can ignorant, I, hypocritical. Can I also dare to say that sometimes labels, if you label somebody, it almost gives you an excuse not to forgive them? Yeah, totally. Oh, catchphrase. Sorry. That's I'm the just only time say, you've done it I know. It's the only time I've done it. Because if I label you as selfish, I don't have to forgive you because it's just who you are. I don't have well, to forgive you for that. Well, you're just a jerk, and I don't have to be nice to you. I, yeah. Mm. Okay, so we're to the distraction of okay. the day. We're finally there. Let's do it. Remember the scenario. You're walking in yes. our neighborhood. Oh, yes. From a yes. house, you hear yes. the blood-curdling screams yes. of a toddler. A little, gir- a little girl. And then a man's voice screams in utter 
fear and anger. Fear and Why anger. don't you die? That's, whoa. Now, we both said we'd call police. Yeah. Well, a woman was walking in front of a home in a neighborhood in Perth, Australia. And I kind of want to read this one as an Australian. Okay, you can. Will you give me that freedom? Yes, I can, please. So I will give this distraction of the day as I read the, the news clipping of what actually happened in my best Australian accent. That's not, that was like a weird one. Uh, let me think. I got to think of, put another shrimp on the barbie. Australian man screaming at spider. Why don't you die? Triggers full police response. Oh, no. It was a spider. It was a spider. The guy, oh. like me, but I don't think my fear is quite Ooh. as big as his. And if you've noticed, it's I've a already, big spider. I already abandoned the Australian accent. <laughs> Felt like I had it, and I don't. So multiple officers, and this is from the Guardian. Why multiple, don't you just die? Yes, I don't know what that was. That was like a drunk Irishman <laughs> who'd live in England a little bit too long. That was a good description. Sure, it's totally was. inaccurate. I just oh, love sure. the description. Okay. So multiple officers arrive at home to find Perth man with serious fear of arachnids trying to kill a spider. So as this lady walked by, the kid's screaming because dad's freaking out. Yeah, Dad's trying to tell the spider, why don't you die? <laughs> and he got the police showed up. Oh. And so the guy felt horrible and, you know. He was like, no, I'm so sorry. I have a tremendous fear of the arachnid. He used the word arachnid. And I was just trying to kill this spider. Oh, that that reminds me of someone else that we had at our home. And the police were called to our house in Easter for Easter because we invited a oh. friend over for Easter. I don't want to talk about that one. And the friend, you decided you were going to shoot some squirrels with a BB gun. and the Well, the BB gun looks more like a high-powered sniper's rifle. And I should have thought it through. I was trying to be loving, and I was smoking meat, and this young kid, he's like 21, mm -hmm. I gave him the rifle, and he's running around our our neighborhood trying to shoot squirrels. Our neighborhood. I know. With look like a sniper. I know. Yeah, police and were so called. Here's the best part of this story. It, not just police. I'm our, My smoker is facing the horse trail, right? Yes. That's next to the we, side of our Because we don't home. really have, yeah. We don't have horses. We don't have horses. But we live in a place where people have horses. And so I'm standing there cooking, like, mm -hmm. doo -doo -doo, listening to my music, and I see two fully dressed mm -hmm. combat SWAT, like the whole, like helmets, the whole mm -hmm. nine yards, and they're in this crouch walk. I'm gonna <laughs> kill someone quickly. And I looked at it and I went, now that's a unique scene. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I've seen that, you know, in places I've traveled Movies. around the world. And then I go, hey guys, what's up? And they're like, shh, get down. I went, What's going on? They go, there's a young man with a rifle who's going to kill people. I'm like, wait. Oh. And I mean, I instantly, I, I go, hey, guys, I think I know who you're talking about. Oh. And I was like, Melvin. And I hear this, yeah. I'm like, we're in trouble. And then, yeah. When yeah. you showed up, the they were taking were pictures of us. Mm -hmm. okay. For any identity. And me. I got my pictures taken, too. Yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. I can't believe you brought that up and took us all the way to... 40 minutes. 40 flipping minutes. Sorry, guys. What do you have to we say for you. yourself? I think it was fun. I love storytelling.